but I wish that you picked that message because it speaks to us. Because at a time like this, when the world is going through a pandemic or a season of uncertainties, you cannot be able to predict what will come tomorrow. That even the experts who tell us this is what is going to happen, they get surprised when what they had predicted does not happen, and instead something else happens. And that explains to us that there is a God in heaven who controls the events on the earth. And we better learn to walk with him so that we do not miss his step and find ourselves walking alone. Unfortunately, that's where the earth is today. Or rather, the world is there. It's been walking alone, walking without God. And that explains why we have so many evils, uncertainties, and many things going wrong in this world because we have forgotten who is the source or where does our help come from. I've been, for quite some time, um, asking myself a couple of questions. Why is it that the church or the body of Christ does not have space when it comes to the decision-making in this world. That men will gather who do not know God and they will make decisions that will affect the rest of us, including us who knows God. And you and I know that if people who do not know God and they are not led of God make decisions, they'll make decisions from some another source. Because in this world, there are only two forces or two sources of information. Either you are getting it from God or you are getting it from the enemy, the devil. And that's what disturbs me. That we, as the body of Christ, the ecclesia, who are born or created in the image of God and bears the mark of the living God, we do not have a say in decision-making in the affairs of this world. So the question that I've been asking myself, where is the problem? Because the Bible is very clear, and I would like us to quote a few scriptures. Turn with me the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Let's see what that says. 
And the Lord God formed man of the dust. This is a very familiar scripture that we read all the time, even when we are burying the dead. The scripture will be quoted. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. That's where you came from. God decided that he is going to pick the dust. And out of that dust, he is going to form man. Praise God. Dust is what we step on. We despise it because we step on it. If your jacket happens to fall down, you quickly pick it and you want to remove the dust. Because dust is probably the lowest form of creation. I'm not saying it is, but I'm only using my own interpretation. But God used the least. Praise God. What is despised? What we think cannot be used because he is God. He had the capacity to use the best. But he used the dust and he formed you and he formed me. I want you to be very attentive today. I'm going to be very slow. It may not take long, but I want you to capture something. And I would like you to think. I don't want to control you, but think like me today. I am disturbed. Be disturbed. Let me use that word. Don't think like me because you don't know what I'm thinking about even now. Because <laughs> Unless I tell you. But you can be concerned and be disturbed that you are the body of Christ, you are the ecclesia. But even in your own organization, you are the least consorted when it comes into matters of making important decisions. That they despise you because you are not like them. They do not consider you wise enough to sit in the board and make decisions. Because they think you are of a different kind because of your faith. I'm not trying to defend you. In fact, I want to challenge you. Because that should not be the case. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. Is it nostrils? Nostrils. Mapua. Mapua. Uku. The breath of life. Let's go very slowly. God picks the dust, molds it, and out of it makes Dr. Molongo. Praise God. And he looks at Dr. Mulongo, or Florence, or myself, and he realizes there is something that I have formed here. It looks okay, but it's not okay. 
Because it's not complete. It's lifeless. It's lifeless. But it looks fine. It looks okay. But God decides, no, it's not okay. It may look okay. It's an object. I am happy with what I have formed. But there is something else that I need to do. Out of the dust he has formed you, or he has formed man, but he realizes that the dust cannot pro give you what will make you who you are or what you become. So he breathes into your nostrils and what he bleeds is the breath of life. Praise God. And after breathing that breath of life, then that thing that he formed and he called it man that was lifeless, after the breath of God and it is the breath of life, then that thing now, Movaka, is no longer a thing or an object. It becomes a living being. Praise God. I know I have talked about this in the past. But I'll keep repeating it until I get myself. Let me not say you, maybe you. I may not get you. But how I wish that I will be able to get us into that place where God has intended all of us to be so that we can know ourselves and act on the knowledge that we have. And that is what will change the environment that we are in. And those that do not want to recognize you, they will have no choice because what you carry, they don't carry. And they can see that they need it. And they will come to you to look for it. That is where the ecclesia or the body of Christ ought to be. So that when you are seated on that seat, you carry the authority, not just the authority from the Constitution of the Republic of Kenya, but you also carry authority from the Constitution of Heaven, or God himself, who breathed his own life into your life. And that's the life you need to emit, you need to distribute, disseminate in your environment, so that those that are allowed you can be transformed. As long as the church or the body of Christ is not transforming the environment, no one will recognize it. Praise God. I want you to hear me and hear me well. 
We have everything we need to become what God intended us to be from the very beginning. I know you tell me, but pastor, didn't Adam sin and therefore that life was taken away from him? Yes, he died and life was taken away from him. That's a fact. But if you're a good Bible scholar, you know that that was changed when Christ came. As, was it the new Adam or the last Adam? The second Adam. That's why I said, from there, we can now look at the next scripture. Because I don't want now to tell you, after then man was created, you know that God gave him dominion over all creation. In other words, this formless body or object that becomes a living being, now God gives the same, the responsibility of running his affairs on earth. And that's why I said, I am concerned, Dr. Molongo. Because who is running the, the affairs of this earth today? Who is seated on the seat of authority? Who is making decisions? Who? Is it you, believer? Or it is seat, seat an unbeliever? Who sits in an office and determines your life and your future? And you are very happy when he comes and tells you, Muvaka, uh, I have uh, decided to increase uh, your salary this uh, season by um, 10%. And, uh, and you feel, oh, thank you very much, my boss, my boss. Now, that's the way the situation is. But it should be the other way around. It is you who should be telling this guy. I have, after considering what you have done, and with the authority that I carry, to make decisions and affect the lives of people on this earth, I have decided that I'm going to offer you this. Praise God. Now, I know what I'm talking about sounds or seems impossible. Or I'm probably speaking from utopia, you know, from where you sit. But I'm telling you, Study this word carefully. God's purpose and God's intention for man was that he may rule and govern creation. And not just man, it is the man who has the breath of life, who has become a living being. Because there is somebody who does not have the breath of life, but is just an object. Anybody who does not have that, and what I'm, when I'm talking about the breath of life, quickly, let's first of all go to Corinthians. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became what? A living being. Haven't we read that? We have seen that he became a living being after God did what? breathed through into his nostrils the breath of life into this object 
And this object ceased to be an object, but became a living being. That's what we have read. And Paul is reminding us. It is written. It is in the scripture. It is known that the first man, Adam, became a living being. But he's talked now of the last Adam. The last Adam. Who is Christ? If you read through, you discover that. We don't have the time. But you can read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The whole of it. Jesus the Christ, whom you are so proud about, that each one of us, given an opportunity to introduce himself, although nowadays we no longer add, and I am born again. We normally say, I am doctor so and so, and I work for so and so, and I live in this and this estate, and I drive this type of car, and I have many, as many children as... Anyway, I just want to make you happy a bit. You still look so serious in those masks. I don't know what I'm seeing <laughs> inside. <laughs> it's good you have laughed. Where was I before I distracted myself? Yes, the last Adam did not become a living soul or a living being. Praise God. I want you to understand this Jesus that we talk about is different from the first Adam because the first Adam became a living being. But the second Adam, or the last Adam, sorry, became alive, giving spirit. Amen? Jesus is not a living being. He is a life-giving spirit. And that's what the world needs. The world needs someone who can give life to it. Because it is formless like it was in the beginning. The earth was without form. Today we are experiencing an earth or a system or world structures that are formless because they do not have life. Though they are walking, they are just objects. And you know robots function, isn't it? So robots function. We have some other, what do you call them, these um, drones, yeah, that are also functioning. Do you know that even man, without the life-giving, Christ who gives, the, who gives life, is just like a robot. And there is someone controlling that robot. Because a robot does not function in its own. There is someone who has programmed it, how it wanted to, what, even if it is not there always, there is a 
some input, there's some program that has been put, that that robot knows what it's supposed to do at which hour and where to go and what to do. Or it's a drone. It will be programmed to go and bomb a city in China from New York or from Washington. And it will go and do that. Let me tell you something. We need to be worried. Because the devil is using us like robots and drones. Because he is now the one controlling us. And I say, I say us, unfortunately, even the body of Christ that is not aware or does not know who they are. Morongo taught us about the levels of knowledge. And he talks about, is it yonder? The knowledge of God. There is a knowing that you need to have that will make the difference in your life. And that knowing you cannot be taught. You can only receive it from him. And you can only receive it from him if you have the knowledge that you need that knowledge and it's available for you. So that you can make a difference. Praise God. Jesus, the Christ, that is your Lord and Savior. Whom you say he is my Lord and Savior. And I wish Justice Mugo, we can go back to those days when we would meet in the streets and we are so excited and we start giving our testimonies and we'll give our testimonies until we are let to go back for work. Because there's so much to say about what God has been doing in our lives. Because there is life in us. The one who is life-giving is in us. Amen? And we have been experiencing that life. And because of that, we have gone through experiences that we can testify about. Praise God. I think today, Justice Mugo, I'm referring to him because he belonged to that group that saw those days. There was so much excitement about salvation. We were so proud of our salvation that we had badges that would put on our jackets or on our shirts that says, Jesus saves, or Jesus is my, my savior. And we were not worried even when going for interviews. You don't remove it. Everybody needs to know that I love Jesus. Today, we are not ready to share Jesus. We fear lest they may know <laughs> that we are of their faith when they are interviewing us. You know, even when they ask you, you, your religion over there, you quickly, lucky enough, you, you know, for us, Christianity is everybody is. You dare put their Christianity, but born again. You can't because you fear they'll look, they're going to disqualify you. Why? Because they have stolen what was yours, and they are now using it. They have taken your authority. Praise God. And the devil who has no life, because the devil is a creature created 
He's a creature created. Many of you are so scared of the devil. Do you know that you are superior than him? Yeah, you are. But he has made you believe that he is so strong and that you live in fear. Many of you fear demons. Demons are very minor. They are minute. They are small things that don't have life. They cannot operate without being using somebody else's body because they are bodiless. And that's why they love, in, they love getting into people or into animals because they need a body to carry them. You are superior because you already have a body yourself. And it's not just a body, it's a body that has life. So you can scare the enemy by just your stitches alone. But when you do not know your rights, knowing is important. And we need to start seeking for that knowledge that is from above that makes us know who we are. Do you know that you have a lot of potential, my brother, my sister? Do you know that you have tremendous potential in you? You can move mountains, according to the word of God. Literally, you can move it. But you don't need to move it. What it says is, there is nothing that is so imp that is impossible. And if today... I was to title my message. I've forgotten to give you the title. Sometimes I plan and I write things and the Spirit of God takes me in different direction. I would have titled this message See the Possible instead of the Impossible. And the Possible is what we are talking about. The impossible is what we are made to become. And we have never recovered from that. God has put in us, in, your, in, in, in us, everything that you need in life. My sister, my brother. You do not need anyone else to activate what you have and what you are. All that you need is yourself. When you know your potential, when you know the capacity you have, and whom you are in God, in Christ. Because we must change this narrative. I am tired of seeing weak Christians, poverty-stricken, destitute and desp desperate believers, and we have made to believe by the enemy. As a matter of fact, he has conditioned us to believe that's what we are meant to be. That poverty is synonymous with Christianity. Destitution, lack, is what you need to be humble. Those are lies from the devil. What does God say? If he has said, and this is John 3, 
one that we, we normally quote. I wish, it's above all things, I wish that you may prosper and be in good health. That's the word of God. Deuteronomy 8.18 is God who gives you power to make wealth. He wishes that you may prosper. He gives you power to make wealth. Then who is this that came and lied to you, my brother, my sister, that being humble is being poor? And living in destitution is okay. For indeed, we have a home where we are going. And when we get there, everything will be all right. True, everything will be all right in heaven. And I have no doubt that we shall make it because we have believed in him. And we have subjected ourselves to live that kind of life of humility on earth. Yes, we will make it to heaven, but we'll be surprised when it will be revealed to us. This is the kind of life that you should have lived on earth. This is the person that you should have been on earth. This was your portion on earth. This was your lad that you're supposed to have owned on earth. This was the car that was made and prepared for you on earth. And I'm not being, I'm not one of those uh, prosperity preachers. And let me clarify, prosperity is scriptural. What the preachers have done is actually to use it, to misuse it, to, me, in, to misinterpret the scriptures for their own benefit. That the gospel, the emphasis on the gospel has been on you giving so that God, you can provoke God to give. Are you getting the point? That's where the problem has been. And there is nothing wrong with giving. But we do not give so that God can give us. Sure? How many of you believe that? Your prosperity is not based on the amount of money that you give or tithe and offering. No. And I'll tell you why. Before you tithed. Yeah? Where did you get the money to tithe? Yeah? Where did you get it? He gave you. So he gave you before you even gave back. So it is not the seeds that you give that makes you prosper. God has already decided that you will prosper. But giving is a sign of worship in acknowledgement that all these that I have, God has given me. And because God has given me, I will train myself to worship with what he has given me. That is why you give. Your giving is a sign of worship. Amen? It is not a law that you are fulfilling so that you can be blessed. You are already blessed without giving. For he gave his own begotten son. The one who is life-giving spirit. 
before you are even formed in your mother's womb. He planned for your salvation. I said you have a lot of potential, but you need to discover it. Let me tell you where the problem is. It is in our might. It's the choices that we make through our might or the thoughts that we have about ourselves. Allow me to give you a story. I read a story about a fish called pike. This fish feeds on other small fish. Is it fish or fishes? Fish, small, they are menace. Because it is bigger than them, it eats them. That's its food. I think the Americans would call them minnows or something, those small fishes. So the scientists wanted to study how animals can be conditioned. So they took the pike and they put it in, a, in, in an aquarium, or a, a, a grass of water where fishes or fish is or fish are. And they mixed the pike together with the, the omenas or the minnows. And of course, what are derricas? What is a lunch for? The pike. So it enjoyed swimming aloud, swallowing them. Papa, papa. It said, what a day it is, this one. And the whole day, it enjoyed and cleared the omenas. So, then the following day, the scientist decided to partition this aquarium and put a, a glass uh, pin between the omena and the other side, the, the, the where he's going. And then he put the, the minnows or the omenas on one side, and the pike is on this other side. Remember the pike can see the omenas, isn't it? So it is already condition. When you see the omena, go for it. But unfortunately, it would hit the grass, isn't it? So it kept knocking its head, and it would swing. It kept knocking its head. And that continued. Continued for a couple of weeks. Yeah? And then finally, the scientists removed the partition, that pain. And the pike and the omenas we are now swimming together. What would you expect? The pike to go straight for the omena. After all, it has been hungry. But it was observed that the pike kept swimming, mixing with the omenas, but it would not eat them. And that happened until the pike died of hunger. What has happened? The pike has been conditioned to believe or to accept that there is a pain in between it and the omena. That was what the pain did. So when it was released, it still thought in its might, there is still a, a division between me and, and therefore I cannot eat. It died. What's the point here? 
It's all in your might. You have the potential. But to activate what you are and who you are, it's, it's, a, it's in your might. It's the choice that you make. But the enemy has conditioned you to believe that you are meant to be poor. to show that you are truly a Christian and born again. That when you have a lot, you'll be classified as being affluent, and people will not see Christ. And therefore we have chosen our rather remain poor and glorify God rather than be rich and be seen to be affluent. That's how the devil operates. I want to finish. And you need to make a choice. Have you been conditioned by the enemy? Have you been conditioned by the enemy? Can you be able to make a choice? Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20. And then Job 22, 25, and 28. God has already given us what we need. Amen? It's us to make a choice and declare that I'm not going to be conditioned anymore. I will rather be conditioned by God, but not the enemy. Because if I know my rights, even if they put a pin, I'll know this is a pin and I can go over it. Remember, in three, we can do all things through and there is no mountain we cannot. You can move a mountain. Lucy taught us about faith. What's that weapon that you carry? And faith. What if you mix faith with the decision or the choices that you make, what are you going to do, exploits? See what God has said. I call heaven and earth as what? A witness today against you, seated here. Amen? Do you believe God speaks? He then speaking to us. Don't get scared. I'm not going to release a curse. No. <laughs> but God says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and what? And death. Set before you life and death. Okay? Set before you what? Blessing and cursing. Therefore, do what? Choose life. I like this. God already tells us what to choose. He is not telling us, choose between this and that. He is telling you, now choose life. And this is a message that I have for you today. If you want to see the possible instead of the impossible, amen, what you need to do is to choose life. Life. And God says, 
as a covenant. And it's like he is swearing with the heavens and the earth and he's saying, these are my witnesses, that this is what I have decided. I have said before you, I have made you capable. You can make a choice. You are not a robot. You are not conditioned. You cannot, you are not conditioned. But if you choose, you will be conditioned by the devil. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Amen? Praise God. Choose what? Life. That what? Both you that have chosen life and your descendants may live. Amen? The life of your descendants, generations to come, depends on the choices that you make today. If you choose life, your descendants will live. If you choose curse or death, your descendants will be no more. I thank God for Paul. I thank God for Silas. I thank God for Peter. Philip and John. In their generation, they decided to choose life. And they stood by their choice. Despite their oppositions. And because of that, they transformed the world of their time. And that's the same transformation that we are drawing something from. But not fully, because we contaminated it. Because a generation came that decided to become religious and alter the message, and it became money-made. And we became denominations and religions, and we have our norms, our this and our this. But we lost the message. We lost the truth, and we were bombarded with religion that carries a lot of lies. Brethren, the time has come, and it is now, that we need to make a choice. And the choice you make will determine how you would be able to activate or exploit your potential. How I wish and I long for the day that the body of Christ which you represent will get to that level where we are so much aware of who we are and we carry ourselves that way that the world will recognize we can't do without them. That we need them in this field, we need them in this field, we need them as judges, we need them as readers, we need them in parliament, we need them in science, we need them everywhere because they are of different spirit like who? Joshua and Caleb. Tim quoted that, alluded that, isn't it? He talked about, is it in your song or is it you? 
You talked about Joshua and Caleb. You talk about the 12 that went to... It was who? It was, it was George, sorry. I forget, forget it. It was George. There were 12 men that were chosen, and I'm closing with this. If you want, you can go and read. If you read the next verses, let's just finish here. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. Praise God. Can you see? And that's why it is important to read the scriptures and understand. He is your life and length of days. Who? You are God. When you make a choice, when you choose life, this is what you become. Length of days. And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you. We'll pick it from there next time. But the message here is God honored his promise. These people left Egypt to go to the promised land. But when they got near and they were able to see that's the land at the banks of the river Jordan. And Moses decides, let us choose 12 men from each tribe. And you can imagine, when you are chosen to represent a tribe, you're not a weakling. Dr. Morongo, there is no tribe that will choose a weakling to go and represent them and bargain for them. So the 12 were the most learned with wisdom, with knowledge, with faith. They were men of God, full of faith. They were chosen, but when they went there, they confirmed indeed the Lord is good as they were told. It is flowing with milk and honey. They even carried evidence to prove that indeed this is the Lord we were promised. Moses, you are not making a mistake. It is the Lord. But when they came back, and please, find your position here, because the 12 are all of you here. Yeah? Choose whom you are among those 12. Ten of them, remember, twelve were men of faith as they went. But when they came back, Dr. Mulongo, ten had lost their faith. They no longer believed in themselves. They doubted their capacity, their potential. The devil had managed like the pike to condition them. This a giant. These are giants. These are the Anakites. They believed it in their might. It's not that a demon came and forced them. No. You know, sometimes we blame demons for nothing. There are no demons that invaded these people. They were properly chosen, anointed men of God. So there is no demon that could touch them. But what entered them? It was not from an outside. It's not an external force. It is what is within them. The choice you make matters. They chose to see giants. They lost their faith. And God was annoyed. And for 
every, they were, they were, God decided to punish them for 40 years. They went around the mountain until that generation died in the wilderness. And only two, Caleb and Joshua, because they were of a different spirit. When they went, there were 12 men of faith. When they came back, there were only two men of faith. The choice is yours. You have everything. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to be the best. God, because it is through you that he demonstrates his power and his authority. He cannot be glorified. I know there are times that we'll go through tough times. That's okay because the Bible talks about it. But it says, even if you go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be there with you. God is saying, even if you go through fire, he will be there with you. In other words, there are times that you go through fire, but the fire cannot change your status because God is in that fire with you. So you'll come out and still continue to demonstrate the faithfulness of God. Seeing the possible instead of the impossible. You do not need to go outside yourself. You have everything. The choice is yours. Choose life and live, and we shall change this world. We cannot leave our country into the hands of politicians. And a few judges sometimes who will make decisions. Sometimes wrong decisions, sometimes right decisions. We need to have men and women sitting in those seats of authority who before they write their ruling, they question, they, they consult the court of heaven to get the mind of God concerning their decisions. But when you have satanists, and I'm not calling our judges satanists, lest they take me to the same court and jail me. When you have people who do not know the truth, people who do not know God, people who do not believe that Jesus is the Christ sitting in those offices to make decisions for you. They will receive signals from the control room, and the control room is where the devil is seated, because they are robots. God help you. Let's stand on our feet. We will continue next Sunday with the same. There's a lot that we can learn. We'll see why God wants us to be different and why God wants you to prosper. Amen? Praise God. You need to prosper, my brother, my sister. Let me tell you. If Shandu, what is he called him? If, what is he called? Shandaria. Manu Shandaria. Who's an Indian? Probably. I don't know which God he worships. But if he comes there, automatically the ashes 
will recognize him. Query, uongo. They will. It's automatic. Why will they recognize him? It's not because of his face. It's the wealth that he carries. If Chris Kilovi walks there, you can be sure Mogo is not going to give him a seat there. He will be brought to sit next to me. A seat will be created here for Chris Kerubi. And it is in order, he honor them that deserve to be honored. Please, if they come, Karo and Mogo, bring them next to me. Yeah. But why do we give them that position? It is because of the wealth they carry. What about an intercessor from Mukuru Kwanjenga who has been praying for this nation and because of our prayers, the Lord has spared us of those terrorists that Movaka is talking about. She comes in there wearing her clothes. Will she be brought to sit next to me? Let's be honest. No, let's be honest. She will not be brought to sit next to me. People say, and who is this? Because nothing shows who she is. Praise God. We will be intercessors, but we shall also be wealth. Amen? We will come to church, but we will also work hard. We will make decisions. We will go to school. We will earn those degrees. But we will also come to the Lord. We will not be ashamed of the message of the cross. We'll talk about our life, about our, our faith. But it's all here. Out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaks. It is what is as in you that will come out. And the heart, for your information. According to the Hebrews, it is the seat of your mind, intellect, and thoughts. So it's all what you've been thinking, all what you have kept in comes out. God bless you and keep you and take care of you. May the Lord give you a blessed day, a blessed week. May the, his light shine upon you. May he reveal the truth to you. And he is the truth. May the light of life shine upon you. That you may reflect the same wherever you are. May you walk in victory. Your water is blessed. Your food is blessed. Your coming in and going out is blessed. May the Lord favor you. Even as you seek him. This week. God bless you and take care of you. Amen. Are you here and you are not born again? You cannot appropriate those blessings we've talked about. You need to choose life so that you and your generation can live. Lift up your hand if you are not born again. Lift up your hand. You're not born again. I'll pray for you. Choose life and live. Make a choice. Blessings all cast. Death and life. Anyone saying, Pastor? Even if you're at home, listening or seeing me, lift up that hand. The Lord will see it and I'll lead you into the Lord's prayer. 
Unless I believe there is someone at home lifting their hands. So let's pray for him. Father, we pray for that one that has lifted their hands. And even those ones that are here and they fear to lift their hands. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will convict them of sin and of judgment and righteousness. That they may turn to you and choose life. And Lord, I pray that as they have chosen life, they shall live. Everlasting Redeemer. We bless them.